0: The peace of our Lord be with you. you. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. With those words, the one who wrote this morning's psalm invites us all to hold on to hope. In every circumstance and situation, wait for the Lord, says the psalmist. Of course, as is always the case when we are reading from the Psalms, it is important for us to remember that the Psalms were not written to be taken literally. The Psalms, after all, are poetry, Hebrew hymnody, Synagogue songs set to temple tunes, chants and choruses to be sung in the house of God by the people of God. All 150 of them own loan to Northminster from Beth Israel. And this one is one of the best ones. With its confident first verse, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? And its hope-filled last verse, wait for the Lord. But between its confident first verse and its hope-filled last verse, Psalm 27 is not all sweetness and light. To the contrary, it appears that the one who wrote this morning's psalm had been going through something frightening, dangerous, sad, and hard. The one who wrote Psalm 27 speaks of enemies and adversaries pleading with God not to forsake him, but to protect and shelter him from trouble and harm, which seems to be pressing in on every side. In fact, there is in this one psalm so much of both faith and fear, trust and trouble that some scholars have wondered if perhaps Psalm 27 was originally two separate psalms which were later merged into one. A speculation which is based on all of that rather awkward back and forth in the psalm between faith and fear, trouble and trust. But, on the other hand, one might also say that that somewhat awkward convergence of faith and fear, trouble and trust, far from being a Flaw is what makes this psalm a perfect fit for our lives. There is, after all, a long list of ways things can go wrong in this life. And while none of us will go through all of them, all of us We'll go through some of them, not because it was God's plan for us to suffer, and not because God sends trouble to us or puts misery on us so that God can accomplish some hidden, unseen purpose. If God can throw out stars and roll out oceans, God can probably accomplish what God wants to accomplish in this life without bringing sorrow or destruction to any of us. No. Pain and sorrow struggle and suffering come to us, not because God planned it for us, aimed it at us, or sent it to us, but because we live in a world where beautiful things and terrible things happen every day. And if those beautiful and terrible things can happen to anyone, they can happen to everyone including you and yours and me and mine and apparently there are no exemptions for good behavior. There is just life. Life in a world which as Thornton Wilder once said is both awful and wonderful When the wonderful parts come to us, we rarely wonder why. But when the awful parts come, we often do, which is completely understandable and natural and normal and probably even inevitable. But the longer you live, the more you know that the greater question The question that might actually help us live more fully, deeply, and faithfully into whatever is left of life is not why, but how. How are we going to go through what we did not get to go around? Now that life has taken a turn we never would have dreamed or imagined, how do we come to turn With life as it now is, everyone is adjusting to some reality that will not adjust to them. How will we adjust to the reality that is not going to adjust to us? Those are questions for which there are no quick and easy answers. But, while no one has all the answers for how best to make it through what we did not get to go around, many of the children of God have learned that part of the answer is found in the people who are with us and part of it is found in the faith which is in us. We go through things that are so difficult that if someone had told us ahead of time we were going to have to go through them, we would have sworn we would not be able to make it. But we do. We do go through. We do make it through what we did not get to go around, partly because of the people who are with us. People who show up even when they do not know what to say and who come back even when they do not know what to do. Their calls, cards, and casseroles, small but clear embodiments of God's love and care. And then there are the prayers which other people Pray for us, prayers which hold us up and keep us on our feet in ways that none of us can begin to explain or understand. Their prayers for us become God's arms around us. That's part of how we go through what we did not get to go around. It's the people who are with us. And it is also the faith which is in us. What this morning's psalm called waiting on the Lord. The faith which keeps us waiting because it keeps us hoping, because it keeps us believing that the one thing God will never do is nothing. The one thing God will never do is nothing. Because God always has something else, something more, something new, yet to do. I call that leaving room in the room for God. No matter how dark the room may be, leaving room in the room For God to do what only God can do. Waiting on the Lord, the psalmist called it. Believing that even if God does not give us the gift we want, God will give us the strength we need. The strength we need To make it through the wonderful thing God might have done, but did not do. Or as some wise soul once said, faith is what you have left when you don't get the miracle. That's the life of faith. Like this morning's song, it is not all neat and tidy, buttoned up, nailed down, seamless and smooth. Rather, like this morning's song, it more closely resembles the awkward intersection of trust and trouble, pain, and hope. That's the life of faith. Our life with God and with one another in this occasionally painful, mostly wonderful, highly uncertain, unspeakably beautiful world. Amen.